Good evening, morning, or afternoon, depends on where you are. Uh, it's my great honor to host uh, this Twitter space today uh, with uh, some of the most amazing speakers. Uh, so let me do a quick introduction uh, about myself uh, and then Alex, Alex and Ivia uh, to introduce um, themselves a little bit. And unfortunately today, uh, Luis cannot join because uh, he has a family emergency. Uh, so let me just get, get started uh, right away. Uh, so my name is Amos. Uh, I'm the founder of MetaWeb VC. Uh, so prior to MetaWeb, I have been a crypto entrepreneur and started engaging with the space since 2013. Uh, I was actually one of the, the first uh, a couple of people joining here uh, back in 2019. And it hasn't been like an amazing um, adventure with the, the rest of the near team um, uh, to, to, to progress to where we are today. Uh, in terms of MetaWeb, MetaWeb is a global builder-focused uh, venture capital fund. Uh, we have raised over $30 million uh, from the likes of Near Foundation, uh, Sequoia Capital, uh, Dragonfly Capital, JSR uh, Ventures, and more. Uh, and also uh, really renowned entrepreneurs such as uh, Ilya, uh, who's also speaking today, uh, as well as other crypto engineer uh, and, and like um, uh, the founder of Dodo, uh, Akumi Pay, uh, et cetera. Uh, so, so, so anyways, uh, again, it's a great honor for, for me to host this today uh, and talk about the, the, the new multi-chain Web3 infra on near uh, to allow us to, to create without uh, limits. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Ilya, do you mind introduce yourself uh, a little bit, uh, especially for those who might just tune in today and, and try to learn more about near Yeah, thanks, Amos. Uh, great to be here. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. My name is Ilya. I'm a co-founder of Near Protocol and uh, running Pagoda, uh, one of the core infrastructure uh, developer companies in the ecosystem. And uh, yeah, I mean, my background is in machine learning and now in blockchain uh, and uh, pretty much was involved uh, in designing stuff and coding ecosystem and really excited to be here and kind of share more and answer your questions. Uh, Alex, do you mind introduce yourself a bit as well? Uh, sure, thanks, Amos. Uh, my name is Alex Shevchenko. Um, I'm a co-founder uh, of Aurora, and uh, I'm currently running Aurora Labs, which is the main development entity for the Aurora protocol. Um, uh, I'm also a technical guy. My background is in mathematical modeling and uh, high-performance computing. And uh, since uh, 15, I've transitioned into the blockchain, which occupies almost all of my time. So, yeah, glad to be here, too. 
Awesome. Um, so I guess one of the, the things that most of the viewers um, would like to, to, to learn more uh, is obviously, you know, the achievement for this uh, past 2022. Uh, it would be great if, you know, each one of you can share uh, some of the top achievements uh, for near or uh, maybe two or three uh, each. Um, uh, and and, and that would be, be great. Uh, so uh, either do you want to start? Uh, you're on mute, Ilya. While Ilya is is reconnecting, um, uh, I can I can share some of the achievements for Aurora ecosystem. Cool. So Paste it. yeah, so 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 2022 was uh, was a pretty pretty dense year for Aurora, and uh, uh, we obviously understand this because of the um, uh, the kind of the final stage of the of the bull market. Um, what we've got is uh, over then three billion in, in assets uh, breached over the Rainbow Bridge because we're also operating the Rainbow Bridge, the bridge, uh, the trespass and permissionless bridge in between Ethereum and near in general and Aurora in particular. Um, uh, we were having uh, several uh, attempts of, of an attack um, on, on our permissionless bridge. Um, all of these attacks were automatically resisted and uh, caused uh, loss of funds for, for an attacker. Um, we uh, actually got uh, quite quite good uh, numbers in terms of adoption. At some point in time on Aurora blockchain, it was more than two and a half billion uh, in TVL. And uh, also... Uh, just uh, looking at the uh, pretty bare bone metric of uh, of the of the addresses that, are, that have been created uh, on Aurora blockchain, we are now um, uh, uh, pretty high, um, and uh, uh, we're actually um, uh, outperforming Optimism and Avalanche um, uh, in this number. And uh, the actual stats is that we have 4.6 million. Um, uh, addresses or accounts created on the Aurora blockchain. Uh, that's amazing. And, and, and just to highlight it a bit more, uh, so right now, actually, uh, there are more uh, accounts, active accounts on Aurora uh, that have a launch. Uh, so that's uh, a definitely amazing achievement. Uh, I think Ilya uh, is back. Uh, do you mind sharing yeah, a, a couple of you know, achievements as well? For sure, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, I, ha I had this uh, Twitter thread published on New Year's Eve, uh, kind of summarizing. But yeah, just as a gist of it, I mean, Near grew about five to ten x across every single dimension. Uh, specific highlights is kind of number of projects went from a hundred to a thousand, kind of actively tracking you know, some Near. We have uh, over twenty two million accounts uh, being created. Uh, with uh, kind of 600,000 monthly active and we're measuring monthly active by at least two transactions a month. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, over $330 million were uh, invested in the startups in the ecosystem. So kind of <clears throat> amazing growth of the ecosystem. Obviously, there's a lot of things that went into this. Uh, the really cool uh, kind of things to highlight, obviously, near kind of protocol raised over $500 million uh, beginning of the year. The kind of across the ecosystem now, we also have lots of eco funds like MetaWeb that Amos runs, like Lyric, 
Uh, we have uh, regional hubs that are kind of supporting growth in the region, both in marketing as well on kind of uh, BD side. We have a number of kind of projects in, that are, you know, either best in their class or like in top three uh, across the whole ecosystem. I mean, one to highlight is obviously Sweatcoin, but also there's a bunch, like few games, you know, some of the DeFi projects as well that are ranking pretty high. Uh, I think orderly is worth highlighting because it literally addresses all the issues that centralized exchanges are having right now while not uh, sacrificing on the user experience. Um, obviously, Aurora's success that Alex just uh, kind of mentioned is, is uh, kind of a testament to the blockchain behind it. <clears throat> uh, we had the Nightshade uh, phase one launched, so uh, kind of... Uh, Spinning up more chunk-only validators, allowing more validators in the ecosystem. By the way, there's still, I think, 150 slots available. So if you're not running a validator, you should. Uh, and you should work with uh, Metapool, Linear, StakeX to uh, get delegations from liquid providers, liquid staking providers. Uh, and probably just to kind of wrap it up, final thing is uh, this new momentum around decentralized front-end composability and kind of social that's been kind of bubbling up and we're focusing more and more efforts on that uh, with Web4 and near social, pretty much kind of actually finalizing a lot of the original vision that near had a lot around open web and uh, getting people to have ownership and removing middlemen, uh, kind of re actually, you know, finishing the whole circle because pro like protocol on its own is only providing backend and frontend was still very much running centrally, you know, being hacked and uh, being changed without users' permission and control. And so now we have a really powerful system to address that. So really excited about next year or this year already. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get going. Yeah, I think one of the things that you just mentioned was very interesting to a lot of the, the, the token holders and, and potentially, you know, uh, institutional investor of NIR uh, would be like, what's the next step of the uh, the next sharding roadmap? And uh, potentially speaking, uh, how many more validators uh, they will be uh, on the network uh, in the upcoming months or year? Yeah, so protocol team is very adamant to get 100 shards running. So this is their kind of current focus on the scalability side. So right now, for context, near runs with four shards. And, uh, you know, there's still plenty of capacity, obviously. But, um, you know, making sure that we are able to run 100 shards is going to be uh, showcasing the, the like true scalability of sharding that nobody else can achieve. And at the same time, uh, kind of future-proofing the system uh, with with amount of capacity, we can you know scale potentially to billion of users. So that's kind of their actually short-term, uh, short to medium-term goal. And then uh, kind of one of the final steps is so-called dynamic sharding. So this is when um, the allocation of contracts to shards is fully dynamic. So right now it still requires a kind of governance process to change allocation, to change number of shards, to, for example, decide that Aurora should be on a separate shard like it is right now. Uh, and so this process should be dynamic, similarly how, you know, as a developer, as a user, you don't think what Amazon is doing with their hardware when you're running, when you're watching Netflix. So that that's probably going to come in, you know, 
probably late this or maybe even next year. Meantime, the more user-facing feature, so meta-transactions, ability to pay for, trans like developers to pay for transaction fees for users in a self-custody way, that's uh, already merged and it's gonna be rolling out. Uh, we're also working on so-called zero balance accounts. So this is the idea that we wanna change a little bit how the storage model works and allow to create new accounts which don't have any balance, uh, which right now being one of the kind of challenges um, with creating new accounts on there. And uh, you know, with that, we also wanna enable kind of more tighter integrations with uh, cryptography that's on mobile devices. So kind of really enabling easy way to onboard new users without needing to think about tokens to start using things. And you will see all that in your social where you just like open the website and you're already logged in with a recoverable cryptography. And you can also set up, you know, social recovery because, well, it's social. So all of that is kind of coming together as like a whole package. And uh, yeah, the team is really working on this kind of this quarter, next quarter as a, as a priority. Yeah, uh, and, and, and that's awesome. And allow, allow me to add a bit more. And um, uh, once again, just saying this is not for investment advice, uh, but let's say if near launch 100 shard, uh, that's actually quite, could be quite significant in terms of the, the token dynamics, uh, just because uh, I think there will be probably like thousands of uh, validators, uh, but then uh, in theory, there will be more token being staked, which means, you know, lower liquidity, more liquidity locked up on chain, right? And the other point you mentioned, I think will also be very interesting uh, because Nier is always priced for a really good uh, user experience to onboard user, you know, there's like progressive security. A lot of the Nier wallets are really, you know, geared towards uh, onboarding web to user. Uh, but one of the hurdle right now, obviously, uh, is, uh, you know, will, will you new user open up a new account? They have to, you know, have like a minimal deposit um, to, 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 to be able to create an account, right? Uh, but removing that, that actually certainly will create like a more opportunity and open up near uh, to an even broader set of uh, user base. Uh, I think it's also a good time to, to pass the mic back to um, uh, back back to Alice, uh, Alex uh, to, to mention uh, some of the, the, the upcoming you know, priority for 2023. So, um, so for us, uh, our goal, uh, the goal for Aurora is to make uh, blockchain convenient uh, for everyone. And uh, but since blockchain is an ecosystem, since the blockchain is, is a platform where businesses meets users, uh, then it means that uh, the blockchain should be convenient for both users and businesses. So we already started to, to put our feet into the uh, better user experience uh, last year with the release of Aurora Plus. And uh, we are continuing this direction. Aurora Plus uh, is uh, um, a, like it was the second version of the Aurora Plus that was released, um, and uh, um, and even more things to come there. But the most important thing uh, is that uh, uh, we figured out that the the most complicated piece of the user experience um, uh, of the blockchain user experience is uh, is actually crypto, and the necessity of thinking in the low level primitives. Uh, for the end users, thinking about the uh, transaction, transaction cost, the gas cost, the maximum gas, you know, stuck transactions, uh, necessity to um, to kind of push transactions through, all of these uh, uh, very very familiar concepts from the uh, from the Ethereum and in general uh, blockchain world 
um, for everyone who is listening to this. So, uh, so we are working right now on the on the next level, next generation uh, wallet that is going to work uh, on top of the uh, Aurora and Near infrastructure, um, and it is going to heavily utilize this uh, protocol level meta transaction um, uh, uh, protocol that we have. Uh, this is a very, very unique feature for um, Aurora uh, at the moment. Um, and uh, this would allow um, the, uh, the, <coughs> the, uh, the things like uh, um, many, many, many different use cases. For, so, for example, use cases of uh, uh, dApps that are paying for the user transactions or businesses uh, completely hiding the blockchain aspect from the user and uh, without forcing the user to buy the token, the base token of the blockchain, right? So uh, so all of this movement is uh, is towards moving the blockchain down the stack. Uh, and, uh, you know, the example that I, that I like to use here is that uh, every day, everyone is a user of the internet, but we are not thinking about TCP, IP, um, a protocol, and uh, I'm sure that, uh, like, probably a very limited amount of people in the world uh, would be able to actually write down the, the actual protocol, right? So, uh, and uh, but it is not it is not influencing our our world. That's that's actually pretty good that we are not knowing this. Now, this is this is one direction, and there is a second direction, and it is very very aligned with what Ilya was saying about sharding and um, uh, increasing the the throughput and uh, you know getting getting to the point when we can truly say that uh, the blockchain scalability problem is solved. So, uh, so we are working in the direction of, uh, of the so-called blockchain containers. This is the whole new category um, that is previously non-existent uh, in, the, in the blockchain world. And with Aurora and with, uh, with the next uh, product that we are uh, uh, delivering at the moment, um, this thing would be possible. Um, you can think of blockchain uh, containers as uh, as on uh, on demand the launch of your own blockchain in, in an extremely short period of time without the sacrifice of the decentralization. The current solutions uh, like Cosmos, for example, what they offer to you is to construct your own blockchain, find you know several validators, launch it, and that's it. The security of this blockchain. Um, is uh, uh, like th there is no security into the blockchain. It is not different than launching a centralized database. But in case everyone in the world in, in hours would be able to launch their own Aurora um, uh, that is going to be um, customized for their needs, um, uh, this opens uh, tons of new uh, use cases uh, thanks to the um, scalability of the near blockchain. And uh, we can go we can go this rabbit hole <laughs> for a long time, but um, passing back to you, Amos, because uh, <laughs> you need to stop me. <laughs> yes, uh, and, and I guess uh, I was able to uh, connect very quickly uh, with Luis um, before uh, the, the the AMA today, uh, and and he shared with me like um, uh, the the roadmap for Octopus, uh, which we can dive in a bit more. Um, 
into some some relevant topics in a bit. Uh, but one thing that for Octopus Network uh, in in this uh, upcoming year is that uh, they will actually uh, focus on uh, completing the ABC integration with uh, both uh, Substrate uh, and Near. Uh, which I guess is actually a good segue uh, into uh, the core topic today, which uh, is, you know, uh, this multi-chain Web3 infrastructure. Uh, so the NIR has always been a pioneer in facilitating uh, taking multi-chain and interoperability on Web3. And, and, and obviously right now, both NIR and Aurora are providing a really good, uh, you know, seamless and user-friendly uh, way uh, to onboard, you know, developers, uh, and then users, uh, but I just want to dive in a bit more um, uh, into into the, this topic and then get your guys' opinion on, on this. You know, uh, first of all, maybe let's start with uh, Rainbow Bridge uh, because, um, in my opinion, I think it's one of the few truly decentralized bridge uh, on the market right now, and perhaps one of the few uh, still yet to be hacked. Uh, but uh, perhaps it would be great if, you know, both of you, like much more technical folks uh, can share uh, how, you know, Rainbow Bridge was able to do this and some of the, the upcoming roadmap uh, as well. Um. So, um, so the Rainbow Bridge tech is pretty, pretty stabilized right now. And the way, like, the core principles of how it was built um, were the the permissionless and trustlessness uh, principles, right? Um, which means that any attack on the bridge is visible. Any any move, any any potential harmful um, uh, harmful operation of any actor uh, that is participating in the bridge or using the bridge product, including Aurora Labs, right? Um, uh, these these can be a harmful move, right? So, so the core principles of of architecture in the Rainbow Bridge was allowing for the harmful uh, the harmful inputs of of any actor, and because of this, uh, there are these mechanisms that that prevents uh, that prevents these attacks and that are punishing uh, attackers, right? So, so up until now, as I said, the, the Rainbow Bridge was uh, uh, was not hacked. Um, uh, there is a very, very complex uh, security procedures that we are undergoing. The development time uh, is like ten percent of the time to production uh, for anything that is put in the Rainbow Bridge, uh, because we understand uh, uh, all of the value. Um, of the assets and all of the value of the trust of the users who are using Rainbow Bridge, and because of this, uh, Rainbow Bridge is, is is super super robust. And security measures are um, are on every stage from the development and proper secure development lifecycle uh, um, through internal audits, external audits, additional um, CI and CD um, uh, things uh, that are implemented around it. Uh, active monitoring, active security, active uh, tests uh, on, on, on the production bridge uh, that is deployed and checking for anomalies. So we are also using here a little bit of AI, actually, um, in order to make sure that, that we are, even the things that we are not understanding, we are actually detecting them. And besides that, the, the last stand is obviously a, uh, an extremely successful uh, bug bounty program that Rainbow Bridge uh, runs, um, where hackers are able to 
uh, uh, present their their potential vulnerabilities, and we are able to react on this. Uh, besides that, there is only um, there are two two main things that that we are focused on the bridge development at the moment. So first one is fast bridge transfers. Uh, there is only one small issue with the Rainbow Bridge uh, in terms of the user experience is the transfers from Near and Aurora to Ethereum. These transfers are taken from four to eight hours at the moment. And uh, obviously it will be much better in case uh, the transfers will take minutes. So we are working on this and we are actually pretty close to releasing um, the functionality for this. Um, actually, it is going to go live this month. Um, and this is, what, uh, this is what we are planning for. Um, and uh, so this is one thing, uh, but the, another thing, in order to even more improve the security, even more improve the, the cost of maintenance of the bridge, even more, uh, in order to improve even more the uh, um, the additional um, uh, density of the information um, that is shared uh, through the Rainbow Bridge, uh, we are exploring ZK uh, direction in order to uh, condense all the, this information um, that is flowing through the bridge. So this is something for the future. But even with the fast bridge solution that is going to be deployed pretty soon, uh, I would probably say that the bridge, in terms of the functionality, in terms of the user experience, would be done. There is nothing, there will be nothing that that can be done in order to improve look and feel of the Rainbow Bridge and in order to improve the security. The ZK uh, ZK uh, uh, direction is an optimization on top of the bridge. Yeah, I would add. That, yeah, that's certainly amazing. Go, go ahead, Ilya. <clears throat> yeah, the prince, the principle behind Rainbow always been kind of a levels of abstraction that open up kind of new ways of building interactive experiences, right? So, like. Uh, underneath Rainbow Bridge is actually like light client uh, relayer between two chains. And then uh, specific use cases like sending tokens or anything else is built on top as kind of, you know, you can think of bridge applications. And so, although the currently Rainbow Bridge predominantly used for the tokens, nothing stops users to actually uh, do things like reading data from the other chain or sending messages or you know sending nfts or whatever and so kind of i think the what's interesting here as alex just describes is like the basic basics of the communication pipe is there right you have the highway and now you know people can drive different cars on it and so the kind of i think the opportunity here is on developers to build more kind of uh, interesting experiences like what one of the interesting things to do is you can use balances of tokens on Ethereum to, for example, do voting on near in Astrodao. Like that's something you can really easily do because you have the proof of the state of Ethereum available on near. Uh, also one use case that, that I encourage the developers to do is actually creating a uh, um, kind of bridged chain link Oracle on near. Um, uh, that is going to report uh, the prices that Chainlink reports on the Ethereum blockchain with a short uh, delay um, um, uh, on the near side. Because uh, since every every Ethereum blocks ends up on near, we're able to validate, we're able to tran tr translate the data from the Ethereum blockchain to the near blockchain 
extremely fast. It's like once every 12 seconds, right? Like we cannot do anything, anything better than, than Ethereum is able to do, right? So, so all of this data is already on the near blockchain. So for example, yeah, implementing something like a chain link Oracle on top of near directly uh, that is putting this data, uh, well, it is going to be extremely simple. It's like a, a very simple smart contract. So if anyone needs, if anyone needs chain link data on near, uh, uh, this is one of the ways how this can be done. Yeah, so if there are any developers in the audience, uh, <laughs> uh, here, here are some cues for, for what you can work on. And if you have like a really good project or product, you know, uh, you can also come to the MetaWeb VC uh, to look for, 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 uh, for, for funding for, for, for the building to happen. Um, um, uh, I guess uh, just to sum up, uh, I guess both of those guys' uh, conversation a bit. Uh, Rainbow Bridge is amazing. It's decentralized. It's very secure, uh, and uh, right now, uh, Alex and team is working on to improve the speed uh, of the the near to Ethereum uh, transaction. Uh, currently, it takes uh, four to eight hours. Uh, uh, and as an early Ruble Bridge user, I would say this is already a big uh, achievement and advancement from uh, when we first started. And, and once they complete, and perhaps in the future adding more, you know, ZK elements to it, uh, it could be done like in, in minutes or or if not faster. Uh, so that would be amazing, especially if you compare it with some of the the other you know L two solution, which could could take you know uh, multiple multiple days sometimes uh, for the funds to to return back to Ethereum. Uh, so this is like really really great. Uh, achievement at the same time, you know, Ripple Bridge can also allow other type of interaction between near Aurorad and Ethereum to happen, uh, which will obviously allow uh, more use cases. And for those of you who just joined uh, this uh, Twitter space, so uh, unfortunately, Luis uh, cannot join the call today uh, because of uh, a family emergency. Uh, so um, uh, I was able to, to to connect with him before this and, and just share a bit more colors on you know the octopus view on this and why octopus is actually focusing on IBC. Uh, so for those of you who are not so familiar with octopus, octopus network is um, um, a substrate based uh, application chain uh, network uh, building on top of near. Uh, so just like you know, Aurora is like EVM on top of near. This is more on substrate on top of near. Uh, and currently they're working on uh, IBC uh, solution uh, to 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 connect both IBC to near uh, as well as IBC to substrate. Uh, and the substrate is the is the framework for uh, the the entire you know Polkadot slash uh, Kusama ecosystem. Uh, and the reason why Octopus Network decided to focus on IBC uh, is because I think it's pretty clear for for most people that uh, the multi chain world uh, is happening. There there is going to be a multi chain uh, future, and IBC more specifically. Uh, as we all know, you know, uh, besides Rainbow Bridge, a lot of the, the other bridge actually got hacked um, uh, over the past year and, and millions, um, actually tens of millions of dollars, uh, actually hundreds of billions of dollars worth of assets uh, or loss during uh, some of the hack. Uh, but security, on the other hand, is a pretty um, dynamic topic. Uh, nothing is 100% secure. 
uh, it's almost like a competition between the hackers and the maintainers of the, the bridges. And IBC is perhaps one of the largest uh, multi-chain, uh, cross-chain, uh, open source uh, system, uh, and it's still growing. So, so currently there are about 50 chains and there are likely more chains running. Uh, so many people are collaborating to, to help it grow. And that's the power of like a pretty large open source community uh, to, to, to which can, you know, in theory, uh, help the, 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 the community and the, the system to become really, really, you know, robust uh, in a very secure way. Uh, so Octopus, uh, for those who, who don't know, uh, the original team actually uh, work with uh, many protocols uh, from, from, you know, Solana, uh, Chainlink, uh, I think Oasis, uh, and a few more uh, on their cross-chain uh, initiatives. Uh, and specifically, they actually have received a grant uh, from ICF, uh, from the Cosmos ecosystem uh, since 2020, uh, to work specifically on the Substrate IBC uh, connection. And the team actually has already completed uh, completed seven out of the eight milestones and waiting for uh, another third-party team to finish up uh, the, the last milestone. And by which time IBC and Substrate will be connected uh, via Octopus. Uh, fully this year. And actually, at the same time, Octopus team has also been working on the near IBC uh, um, uh, interconnection protocol um, on the framework level and hope also to have this complete uh, by uh, Q2 this year. Uh, so the goal for the Octopus team is to really, you know, break the barriers between uh, near Cosmos, EVN-based chain, substrate-based chain, and truly create a secure internet of blockchains, uh, including, you know, cross-chain of, you know, fungible tokens, uh, NFT, uh, cross-chain, you know, account lookup, and some of the, the many other use cases, you know, um, uh, Iliad and, and Alex uh, have both mentioned. Uh, so, so that would be, you know, uh, the view and opinion uh, from the Octopus team. Um, so I guess uh, maybe one more thing that we can dive uh, into this uh, cross-chain uh, topic, especially uh, for, for Ilya, because uh, NIR is pretty unique in terms that uh, it actually enables like so many different possibilities uh, for developers, right? Uh, you, you know, you can build on native NIR uh, using Rust and, and JavaScript. Uh, there's, you know, Aurora for all the EVM developers and there is Octopus for all the Substrate developers. Uh, just just kind of kind of curious uh, to get your view and how you think, you know, uh, this this framework will mean for, you know, developers and, and user uh, and eventually, you know, how, how this mean, you know, near can help, you know, enable to get, you know, uh, ministry adoption of, of blockchain. Yeah, I think, in general, this is all a two-sided market, right? There's users using stuff and developers building stuff. So, and you need to build for this both sides. And Kanir took this approach that for the users, we want to make it as simple as possible. Ideally, they shouldn't know about kind of the technical, you know, details, the technical implementation, right? Is this an EVM or a JavaScript or Rust or you know, this or that, like they should just use applications and kind of feel like they're in a single environment, right? Like you don't usually think that like, hey, when I'm on this page of Netflix, it serves from Cloudflare. When I'm on this page, it serves from Amazon Web Services. You know, when I'm here, it serves from like the local cache that sits, you know, in my time zone. Like we don't need to think about it. You just, you know, go and use the app. And that's kind of what where we need to get to. 
as this um, ecosystem. And that's why I'm mentioning like we kind of working more on things like uh, really easy to onboard. So kind of just removing need for seed phrases, making recovery way easier, adding social to that, kind of really simplifying such that users don't need to think about cryptography at all. They don't need to know even what seed phrase means and they can just use stuff and recover if they lost their devices. And then on the flip side, like I as a developer, like I want to build with whatever tools are I am familiar with and that are best suited for the job. And so that's why kind of the versatility of Near allows anyone to build pretty much anything, right? Like you want to build another blockchain, you can, right? Like Aurora. You want to build a specific app, easy. You know, you want to build in JavaScript, we have it. Like somebody's working on Python, smart contracts. Now with uh, front ends, you can build, you know, decentralized front ends, like compose them really easily. So you have all this like kind of extreme composability and flexibility, just enabling you to be really quick. And so like I was, I tweeted once, like I built while sitting in a taxi in 20 minutes, a blogging system using their social, right? That's kind of the power that this can give you, like really quickly deliver everything. And, you know, it's fully decentralized. I don't need to run any servers. I don't need to worry about anything. It just runs kind of from there and users already, you know, starting posting stuff. So kind of stuff like this is, I think, extremely important to get right. And it actually will change not just Web3 development, but it actually will be easier to do just general development in this paradigm. And then adding, you know, functionality for private data, for, you know, private shards, all kind of other, uh, you know, features that are required to build, you know, full-fledged applications. So as we kind of maturing this, um, you know, we have like this two-sided market building up. And so then what will be important is to have few of the initial use cases which attract massive amounts of users. And again, uh, things like Sweatcoin and Near Crowd and kind of gen general like gigs and learn to earn are ways to acquire massive amounts of users and then engage them in various other kind of applications that people, that developers are building kind of across the ecosystem. And so I think that's really the path uh, kind of, of bootstrapping this two-sided market is these two routes, like really removing the barrier to entry, making it that the, that users don't need to think like, is this Octopus, is this Aurora, is this Near, and potentially even is a CDM, uh, like Ethereum. Uh, they're just using the applications and you know, uh, kind of interacting between them. And that's where bridges are also important. And then on the other side, developers just have so much kind of really power to build new things and kind of really quickly build new applications that this is a better platform than to build a web to. Amazing. Uh, I would say as like a longer term near uh, holder, uh, I'm always uh, amazed at, at, you know, the, the technical, you know, capability uh, of the of the blockchain. Uh, I think on one hand, you know, with all those different, you know, frameworks and, and different, you know, blockchains on top of near uh, is nothing that any other, you know, chain uh, can accomplish uh, at this stage. And on that, on, on that part, both, you know, the scalability and the usability uh, always, you know, surprise me in a nice way. Uh, specifically, you know, on, on Sparkcoin, uh, I think right now they actually have, you know, over 100 million users uh, and, and 100,000 to, to up to like a few million uh, weekly active or 
or, or daily active user. Uh, so it's actually amazing to see the blockchain can already, you know, able to scale uh, such a large application. Uh, plus, you know, Aurora plus Octopus all at the same time. And that's just, you know, a, a testament to Nier's uh, scalability uh, as, as, a, as a new layer one um, uh, right now. Um, so uh, let's dive more into, uh, I guess, the application uh, set of things and talk about some uh, specific use case. Uh, I saw like certain folks uh, mentioned in the chat uh, that, you know, uh, there were, you know, the incidents with, you know, Luna, you know, 3AC, Celsius, uh, you know, FTX all uh, have happened over the past year. Uh, and on the other hand, you know, uh, centralized exchange like Binance is actually eating up like more than 80% of the um, of the current market share. Uh, right. And that's kind of like scary to think uh, since blockchain is really supposed to be like a, a truly decentralized, uh, you know, uh, ecosystem. Uh, so kind of curious, you know, uh, your guys opinion uh, on this topic and, and how you think, you know, uh, uh, both Nier Aura who, who helped to, to resolve some of the, the issue, because uh, I think there is a trend for, for people to, you know, to move to, to, to more DeFi applications uh, in, in the near future. But obviously there are lots of, you know, hurdles uh, to prevent this from happening, right? Uh, so it would be great if you guys uh, can share some colors in terms of how Aura and Nier uh, can tackle uh, the, the, this topic. Uh, since Ilya just talked, uh, maybe, you know, uh, Alex, you want to start first on this topic? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I do believe that you are absolutely spot on the core problems uh, of, uh, of these uh, unfortunate events. Um, Though the companies that you mentioned here are operating in the blockchain space, uh, the, the core issue uh, that caused these problems uh, was not in the blockchain. It was not in, in the fact that something was hacked or uh, the blockchain is uh, not as decentralized and not, not censorship resistant, right, or whatever. Um, uh, the, the issue there was in, in an improper uh, unqualified decisions of the management, um, uh, which just show that they are not very professional in in, in their in their business areas, right? Um, and uh, from that standpoint, these problems are just kind of generic human problems, right? Um, and moreover, if you will take a look into into the uh, into the DeFi and the premise of the whole uh, vertical, there it was exactly to prevent. Um, these type of events happening. It is just uh, very, very um, kind of uncomfortable that, uh, that these uh, seemingly blockchain companies are now uh, dropping the shadow on the whole blockchain that was built exactly to, to make sure that such things are not happening. Um, in terms of, um, however, however, I, I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not only praising DeFi and saying that this is this is the future, because there are also some additional concerns that are there in the DeFi um, uh, that are unfortunately preventing uh, big players and uh, um, and mass adoption of the DeFi primitives. Um, to name some, uh, I would say that compliance issues uh, are extremely <laughs> are very very hard, right? So. So to do compliance on the blockchain, though it is transparent and though it is uh, um, uh, it is traceable, it is very hard to do this compliance, especially 
um, in case uh, in case we're talking about uh, privacy preserving solutions. Um, um, yeah, so I do believe that for mass adoption, for real uh, kind of DeFi going into into all of the smartphones of people, uh, instead of uh, let me put it Revolut, right? Instead of the centralized banking with a nice uh, front end. Uh, in order to make sure that people are relying on the decentralized primitives, well, we need to combine two worlds, two worlds, uh, the world of DeFi with the trustless and permissionless blockchains that are running the back end of the applications. And we need to combine the best practices from the traditional finances, like compliance, um, uh, traceability, and maybe even automatic uh, taxation, right? So... Uh, and how to do this? Well, the only way how to do it uh, is to, to actually have a separate kind of chain or maybe actually multiple chains that are going to be focused on this, uh, that are going to perform the audits, that are going to perform the compliance checks. Um, and uh, that will allow only, you know, kind of KYC users uh, to, to transact on this chain um, um, and uh, KYB businesses. Uh, to perform the operations on this chain. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a, you know, um, crypto revolution, crypto anarchist uh, uh, kind of flag. Um, uh, it, it is, but it is the mix of two things, right? Uh, this solution, this type of permission to DeFi chain, uh, this is something that combines the best, uh, the best of two worlds. And I believe this, this can be a great, a great step for for everyone in the world uh, in adoption of the blockchain and also making uh, making ordinary people more secure. And the good thing is that near because of its scalability and uh, Aurora because of the container approach uh, that we're executing is just the best place and also user experience right with free transactions and all of this uh, kind of advanced stuff that we are working on. Um, uh, and, and, and we actually delivered, right? So, so these technologies combined can be a home for this use case. And if you will think uh, financial applications is just, just only one vertical, in any other, verti any other vertical that can be transformed uh, to a better, um, uh, better protected environment, using the blockchain technology, well, any other vertical is able to use the same near stack and Aurora stack in order to deliver this, uh, um, uh, this solution. So I'm looking forward for these things to be developed and I'm looking forward for such, such a permission defy use cases uh, to be started over. Um, yeah, um, I do believe that on the, yeah. again, once again, on the technology stack, we are extremely ready uh, to host uh, to host all of these uh, things uh, on the near blockchain and Aurora. Yeah, uh, thanks, Alex. So, so I guess just just to, to help summarize a bit, uh, so permission DeFi uh, could potentially be a big thing for Aurora in the year of two thousand twenty three. Uh, and believe it or not, this is actually a highly discussed uh, topic uh, and a trend recognized by uh, many, you know, renowned people in the space, uh, including some of the, the folks, you know, from Pantera, you know, Paradigm, uh, et cetera, because uh, it is true that, you know, uh, I think the next wave of the, the bull market or like a mass, uh, the next step of the, the, the mainstream adoption of blockchain uh, 
we actually have to require some form of like you know collaboration uh, with a lot of the large existing business. Uh, you know, potentially let's say a large bank like Goldman Sachs right now, if they want to you know uh, support blockchain in a very you know crypto native way and, and on chain is almost impossible because you know uh, there isn't KYC done on, on Uniswap right or, or KYB uh, as well. Uh, so if you know Aurora can support such a use, use case, uh, that would simply you know enable a lot of those you know large uh, existing enterprises uh, to be able to you know uh, support more use cases uh, in a very crypto native or blockchain way. Uh, without actually uh, touching some of their their issue with you know uh, compliance uh, and regulation and 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 to some in my opinion you know I think the the both world will, will have to collide uh, in the end you know there is the the crypto native you know DGN world uh, which is all fun but also there there is more of the the, the traditional you know uh, real world uh, set of business business are are still looking to to you know uh, get into uh, this whole blockchain wagon right. Uh, so ideally, you know, uh, Aurora could be such a solution uh, to unlock uh, a permission DeFi uh, in blockchain. Uh, I guess on a sim similar topic, uh, Ilya, is there anything you would like to, to add uh, or, or share? Well, I think to add to this is we need to kind of, for, for many people, centralized exchanges actually felt safer because kind of self-custody is scary, you know, we just saw like yet another prominent person had their crypto stolen from them, right? Like a Bitcoin core developer. And so like if Bitcoin core developer cannot keep their crypto safe, right? Uh, how do you imagine regular people to do that? And so centralized exchanges felt safer because you can literally call somebody up, right? There's a support line, there is, you know, recovery, there's KYC, like, there's actually a set of services that provide you kind of a way to ensure that you don't just lose your money. You know, there's 2FA, there's kind of multiple levels of security. And so the reality is kind of, you know, the decentralized world is lagging on this. Like we don't, for the most part, don't have a good security measures to protect users. And so like Nier was one of the first wallets that Near Wallet was one of the first wallets that had second factor authentication. But even that, right, it's not enough. But you know, for example, I actually know person all of his crypto were stolen except Near because he had to FA set up on, on his. So like his device got compromised, all his keys were exploited except Near Near's one. And so uh, so I think like generally speaking, like making sure A it's easier to onboard, but then there is a set of you know, actual protections for the users, both for their cryptography and for their kind of access, but also for when they're using apps, like, you know, wallet should tell you that, hey, this app seems suspicious. Like nobody, you know, used it. Are you sure you want to use it? Like, and, you know, if you're putting a lot of money into it and it only has a little bit of money so far, like, are you sure you want to use it? So things like that, like right away will actually enable huge consumer protection. And so I think like generally speaking, what Alex said, right, you know, permissioned as well as institutional DeFi insanely needed. And then on the other side is like making the experience for regular users truly kind of secure uh, is, is also very important to make this uh, go mainstream. Uh, amazing. Uh, since we only have about uh, six min minutes left, 
Um, so it might be great uh, if you know uh, anyone, either one of you, have have anything uh, you you would like to to share in general uh, about uh, you know near and or uh, uh, that you want you know uh, the the listener today uh, to 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 really you know uh, get so. Well, <clears throat> I would probably say that um, uh, in case you in case you're already in Aurora and near Fam, um, thanks for your support. Uh, thanks for um, so thanks for following us and following the um, uh, the achievements and developments that that are happening um, um, in our ecosystem. And so that's great for the people who that are outside. Um, I would say that uh, it's it's a good time. Bear market is is a great time for you to onboard uh, in general and try it out because the amount of uh, you know uh, flashy and and uh, glitter uh, around the blockchain is dramatically reduced. I would say, and um, the people who are staying in the space, the people who are working and building uh, towards the the better future. Are the actual uh, are the actual builders, and they are they extremely motivated to move this tech forward. So in the bear market, you are able to understand the core principles and then and get uh, get the actual sense of the blockchain. So so and obviously, in case you are willing to onboard, you go to near.org or aurora.dev. And these are the two websites that that you, where you are from which you are able to navigate across all of the near and aurora ecosystems. And um, in case you're an investor in crypto, I want to say to you, yeah, bear market is uh, is extremely hard, um, and you're probably not in in the best mood at the moment. Uh, but uh, but trust me, uh, this time is going to end. I've seen I've seen it happening already multiple times. Um, uh, that's just the normal uh, and ordinary things uh, to happen. Uh, everything will be great. Focus on what matters. Uh, focus on technologies. Uh, focus on uh, on fundamental uh, projects, and everything is going to be good. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, just to add to that, I think kind of we'll see in twenty twenty three transformation because I think you know twenty twenty was a year of every kind of the blockchain launching. Twenty twenty one was you know basic infrastructure being built. You know we we like as always everybody got super excited around like, oh, cool, we now have things that, you know, simmer, uh, show that they work, you know, and so that obviously led to like over leverage. And then this year have been pretty much unrolling that leverage in a very dramatic and kind of negative way. But the, you know, the tech and the products and the users are actually there. We have a lot of, you know, partnerships, both like that are already in and, and that are already ha happening and uh, in, in works. And so, what we're going to see now is, you know, this all coming together in, in like proper product uh, way, right? Where people are actually using this because they want to use this, not just kind of uh, purely specul speculative wise. And so I, I'm really excited about that because that's, that's how we actually start building true value. And in turn, we also, you know, start seeing the changes in people's behavior, right? As people actually start using, like, I mean, it's already started happening. Like I know, you know, in Ukraine, crypto like slowly but surely becomes you know a, a way to tender just because you know it's safer to do that than to use uh any of the local ways to move money and so like as as we kind of build better tooling better security better 
uh, ways for people to engage. And at the same time, on the institutional side, like it's, it becomes safe for them to use it. It's actually way more efficient as a way to do any kinds of operations, right? Uh, like, you know, everything from banking to gig economy to uh, supply chain, like it literally is more efficient to run this using this technology than anything else. And so we have kind of a unique opportunity to now showcase all that and, and, and have it being used in production this year. So really excited. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I guess uh, since we're almost time, so let me just to, to sum up the, the conversation today. Uh, so uh, big, big achievement uh, for both uh, NIR and Aurora. Uh, for example, NIR have over 22 million accounts right now, and Aurora actually uh, has more accounts than the Avalanche. Uh, so this is just like a great testimony to the, the, the development of both uh, tech uh, blockchain uh, thus far. Uh, in terms of some of the, the highlights uh, and upcoming milestone for, for both uh, ecosystem, uh, you know, Rainbow Bridge is going to get faster and, and stronger. Uh, permission DeFi will be a big uh, focus uh, for Aurora uh, because, you know, uh, uh, the technical infrastructure that will be able to allow such things to happen. Uh, and on near side, uh, the next step uh, for Nightshade will be potentially scale up to uh, more than 100 shards, uh, which will be very significant uh, for uh, token holders and investors potentially at the same time, both near and Aurora uh, working on multiple measures uh, to increase the user experience. Uh, in terms of Octopus Network, uh, there will be a big focus uh, I'll enable more possibility and interconnection between near IBC and Accept Street, uh, which will also allow a more diverse uh, set of you know applications and use cases uh, to happen on, on the broader uh, near ecosystem. Uh, it is a bear market, and know you know uh, a lot of them, a lot of you guys might not feel too great about it, uh, but but please you know be patient, and and you know we can all start bracing. Uh, for a very exciting year uh, in 2023 uh, of, you know, uh, ministry adoption uh, happening on near Aurora and Octopus Network. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Uh, if you have any further questions, you know, feel free just, you know, tag uh, any of the speakers, you know, uh, on Twitter. Uh, and, and let's all hope that near will become uh, uh, one of the, the top blockchains for the, the 2000, year of 2023. Uh, thanks again, guys and have a, a great day.